Welcome to College Soccer Nation, your authoritative source for NCAA Division I collegiate soccer. Hosted by Oklahoma Sooners head coach Matt Mott, Rice Owls head coach Brian Lee, and the Duke Blue Devils head coach Robbie Church. They've got the insights, strategies, and insider stories you won't hear anywhere else. From recruiting to national championships, the coaches have it covered. So lace up and let's hit the pitch with Coach Mott, Coach Lee, and Coach Church. College Soccer Nation, what's good? This is Matt Mott, the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. One of the uh, co-hosts, co-hosts, if we have more than two, I don't know. One of the hosts of College Soccer Nation. We're here on a Monday after a crazy weekend of college soccer and, and conference games, um, bringing you College Soccer Nation. I am joined as I am every week with Brian Lee from the Rice Owls, Robbie Church from the Duke Blue Devils, and a very special return guest. We are joined with Chris Petroselli from the Chicago Red Stars, the one of the co-founders of College Soccer Nation. Chris, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, back to that again. Back to that again. You know yeah. I had to. No, I'm doing good. It's great to be here. It's great to be here with you guys. Uh, most importantly, um, I'm ready to have uh, some fun. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun, no doubt, when you're on. Uh, Brian, how are we doing down in Houston? I, I am doing quite well. A little cold fronts come through. It's about 80 degrees. It's beautiful. Wow. Night. Can't beat this. And, and Robbie, the COVID stricken uh, <laughs> home quarantine. How are we doing in Durham? Oh, I am climbing walls. Let me out of this place. I am leaving tomorrow and finally going back from Thursday on. It was this was it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. But before I say that. It is an honor to be here with the original cast. I don't know how <laughs> I got the invitation, but the original cast is here, and I'm just I'm just gonna sit in the background and listen tonight. I'm gonna take notes, sit in the background, not say anything with the original cast. You know what? Yeah, you... You know what this reminds me of Matt. Robbie's like when Woody Harrelson replaced Coach. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> the problem is only the people of our demographic are going to get that joke. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. but, but I do like it. I do like it, Brian. <laughs> it, it you remember it. when we when we started out and and it started with uh, Brian had his own segment, and it was right. called two five minutes. Too many minutes. Yeah, with Brian. Right. <laughs> uh, it was supposed to be five minutes with Brian Lee, and it was never even close to five minutes. It was twenty plus, easy, if not more. That's yeah, true. Um, all right. So, first topic, boys, we're going to jump right into. We got a lot tonight. Lot tonight. Big, big, big agenda. Let's talk about some soccer etiquette. Oh, to talk about. Okay. Oh, no. So the first one is, I just played this past weekend um, against Texas Tech and UCF. I would argue there is not a bigger variety of sideline behavior than (laughs) Texas Tech and UCF. Uh, And neither one was wrong or any of that kind of stuff, but um, it's just different. It's different at Texas Tech and then have the UCF crew in. So what, and I'll start with you, Brian, what is, you think, probably a proper sideline behavior for coaches? Well, I mean, I think there's a wide range. I think it starts with don't talk to the other team's players at all for any reason. And probably don't engage with the other coach unless you've got a good one-liner and it's a longtime friend of yours during the game. And it's maybe self-deprecating. The yeah. uh, Apart from that, um, if you want a joystick, knock yourself out. If you want to sit on the cooler, 
knock yourself out. You know, if you are sitting on the cooler and you're a pro coach, don't kick the ball away when your team's up with a minute left. <laughs> that could cause you trouble. Um, <laughs> etiquette and etiquette wise, late in the game, you know, if a ball rolls to you, pick it up and throw it to the other team, no matter what the score is. Don't open your legs and let it roll through your legs like you're 12. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Robbie? Uh, that's I'm pretty much on board with everything Brian said. Um, I, I, you know, everybody's got their own personality. Everybody's got their own emotions in the games. Some people really show their emotions, wear their emotions on the sleeve, and they're going to run up and down the sidelines and joystick their team all the way through referees, everything. Some are just going to sit there and analyze the game with it too. But um, I think the two big ones are for me also is don't talk to other teams, players, and if possible, make sure you have limited conversations with the other coach until the end of the game because uh, I've seen that situation get nasty. And I've seen that situation get nasty really quick. So uh, I think if you can stay out of those two, uh, but, you know, you gotta you got to be your own person. you got to be your own personality. And, you know, your team should reflect a lot of times your personality on the sidelines. Love it. Chris, I'm going to ask you a more specific question. Hmm. How <laughs> does the fourth official – be involved and and maybe more specific than that if if i'm talking to the fourth official and i'm playing against you what is your role in that no i don't have any role in that you you should you can say whatever you want to the fourth official um i'm with you guys mostly i have a couple couple of things one you guys are being all politically correct and i get it you know everybody's great and we got to be nice to everybody because i might see him recruiting next week i get it but Come on, like the guy that rides the referee the whole game, every throw in, every goal kick, every corner, it gets a little much. You know, it's a it's a little bit much. So for me, like and trying to influence the referee and all that, I don't have a problem with somebody complaining about a call or anything like that. But there is a line. There is a line. And and uh, I don't enjoy it when it gets when it gets crossed. I think it takes takes away from the game. Um, the other piece is. I can tell you this, Brian, in our league, we are told in the technical area, do not touch the ball. Oh, interesting. At, yeah. at no point, touch the ball. Now, they haven't – last year they were they were on it a lot more. This year they haven't, haven't been as much on it. But my thing with touching, you know, picking up the ball, letting it roll through your legs, if you do that in the first half, then you should do that in the second half. If you're picking up the ball in the first half, then you should pick up the ball in the second half. It shouldn't be dependent upon what the score is in the game. Uh, but I don't believe you have to chase the ball down for everybody and and, and and that sort of thing. Where do we stand on this? Who's ever played against Eddie when the ball rolls over, he picks it up, puts it on his head, elevator oh, yeah. on his shoulder, chest, thighs, and then volleys it wherever it needs to go. Uh, uh, oh, it's awesome. It's impressive. It, it is, is impressive. And he, is. and he always hits it to the referee's hands. It's, it's <laughs> it his, uh, he does volley it 16 times, and then he hits it in the hand. And we're like, Eddie, let's get this game playing. Can we not watch you juggle here at half at halftime over two? So, uh, but it is impressive. But Matt, can I say one thing? Can we stay yeah. on the fourth? Can I, can we stay on the fourth officials? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because why do we have fourth officials? Why do we need fourth officials? 
The best games of the year is when you play a mid-major local team and they don't have fourth officials. (laughs) It flows great. It doesn't go anywhere. It absolutely flows great. There's no problem with the game. Never gets out of hand. I've never seen that game get out of hand. Now, what I have seen get out of hands is the when you're yelling at a referee and all of a sudden you turn back to your bench and there's that fourth official yeah. right in yeah. your face. I mean, staring yeah. right in your face saying that's enough. And you haven't even talked to him, have engaged with him, and he is just in your grill over there. And then it's all hell breaks loose from there. Um, I yeah. just games are so much easier. Spring games with no fourth official, mid-major games with no fourth official. Why, why do we have to have fourth officials? You know, that's a really, really great point, Robbie, that I hadn't thought of. And especially once you put the wireless onto them, because then that's got us, or the you know, they have the wireless Vaquero to the center official. So now we're all in his ear to start with. If we want to complain with a referee, we're going to him, which is annoying him or her. Uh, yeah. I agree. There's really no positive. What do they manage? The subs? I think that can get sorted just fine. It, it, it does all the time. Okay. Let's keep moving or we're going to be here long. It's going to be the longest pod ever. All right. Chris, shooting you a question. Score etiquette in the college game when there are some lopsided um, games, right? You may play someone from a much weaker conference. What is a proper score etiquette? And this is for, you know, our, our listeners that maybe aren't involved in college soccer like we are and, and don't have the don't know the etiquette of what they see in club or, or whatever so that's where it's based out of what do you think yeah i mean i think we hit this one before and and i do think there becomes a point where okay you've scored enough uh first thing is you know when do you take the big guns out right and um i can't say that there's a number but there's a point when you know the game is over. And sometimes the score is 2-0 and you know the game's over, right? So there, there becomes a point where you know. I haven't had many of those. I have not yeah. had many of those where 2-0 and the um, game's over. But, but you also have, you also, you know, you got to do what's right for your team. And the big guns may need to play 60 or 70 minutes to keep their, their fitness up. So you got to keep them in the game. Um, and I do think it gets to a point where, okay, we've scored enough. Um, and goal difference does come into play, you know, in 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 many, in all of the leagues, I'm sure. And so it does get to a point where where we've scored enough. For me, it was nine. I thought double double digits was was probably over the top. Um, but I do think you have to have an idea in your head as to where it is because in in college soccer you do get a lot of these lopsided games. Churchy. Um, agree with everything, especially the part about, you know, where the game's over and when you take your players out, but you know, and, and especially over the last four or five years, you've got to get a load for your players and you're looking for that load. And I, you know, you're looking for at least 60 minutes to 70 minutes to get into those players. Um, but I have a hard time putting somebody that doesn't play, but two or three times a year in a game. And all of a sudden they score a gold and they're the happiest person ever. They've worked so hard for you in training since August to get on that kid. I mean, I, I have a really hard time at that point, you know, even if that does put it in the double digits. And I think it's been a long time since it's seen anything like that for us. But um, but I do have a hard time because those kids are getting in late. But I think you've got to take the you got to get the low to the good the better players, and then you've got to get them out and the other ones come in. But if they score, they score. They're working their butt off and they're they're looking for this opportunity. Brian? Well, that nine seems arbitrary, but whatever. 
I kind of live by it. So I got two examples. One is the first game I ever coached. I got the job at Little Furman. I right out of school. I've been coaching the club team and four people turned the job down. Uh, we had one scholarship. I made $3,000 my first year. So our first game, I didn't do the schedule. There's a bunch of big schools on there, and there's this little Charlotte team appears. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. Oh, you're not. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at this guy's resume. I'm like, I'm like 24. This guy's 40. He's got two kids in high school. <laughs> this could be trouble. And then they're warming up, and the players look really good. I'm like, oh, shit. But I spent about a quarter of those scholarships on a really good goalkeeper. But she was from a good team or whatever. And Charlotte goes up 2-0 and we don't have a backup. <laughs> and she's like, get me the hell out of here. Comes up with a little fake injury. Ten more shots later, they've scored ten more. It's 12-0 <laughs> in my first game ever at the hands of Robbie Church. So don't let him tell you this nine thing. If there's a nine thing with Robbie, <laughs> it's in the last 30 years. Hey, it oh, was some of those kids who never play and they just needed, you know, yeah, yeah, score. Score. Oh, I was yeah, going to yeah. say, score. Oh, they're so actually, happy. Actually, that was the first game ever in the history of the program, too. None of those kids ever played. That was the first <laughs> right. game. How could you stop kids yeah. for the first time scoring goals in the first game ever in the program? And right. we, just started, we started recruiting in February. February to open that season up in August. So what you're saying, Robbie, is you did a way better job with your first program that Brian did with his first program. That's clear. That's very clear. I, I think Charlotte gave me a little bit more money than they, than Furman gave Brian, and, and and we we got more than just a goalkeeper. But that goalkeeper was good. She was, she was good. It, she it looked good. to me like uh, hey, well, we had four scholarship kids on the field, and they had fifteen. Is what it looked like to me. But that's one. Two is and two three years later, my Furman team's a whole lot better. We're one of the top scoring teams in the nation. Mississippi State comes to town. It's not James Armstrong current iteration where he's near the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're, they're not good at that point. So now Furman's up 9-0, and we're playing Mississippi State, and one of their parents, they score to make it 9-1 with like five minutes left, and the cowbells go off in our stadium. So back on go our starters, and I'm like, <laughs> score again. And two minutes later, it's 10-1. So – you know, <laughs> that might have been. Uh, cool. Yeah, I, I I do think it's I do think nine is the number. I don't think you ever want to embarrass anybody. The the players still have to deal with it. The points you make are valid, but I do think nine is enough. But anyway, all right, let's keep moving. All right, um, uh, what about uh, Churchy? Talk about ball kids at an um, opponent's venue. They have to be over seven years old. They have, they have, Seven's uh, absolutely they have to be a they have to be a teenager well, i gotta see some type of form id um some passport or something over there the the the, the seven-year-old ball kids that are standing there and throw the ball backwards roll it sideways have no idea it's just and and we have them in our place i mean it's not just on the road it's in our place. There's got to be an age limit. I think most people are starting to go to other athletic teams. Uh, I know we have started to do that. Other athletic teams sometimes as, as ball people, thank God. But just the, the, the small, young kids that have no idea. And if they are, you know, there better be a bunch of them if they're seven years old. <laughs> Problem if you have a bunch of them, they start playing with the ball with each other. They have no idea what's going well, on in the game. And, and, yeah. then they, and then they go eat snacks at halftime and they don't come back. <laughs> Yeah, you look up and they're all by the snack shop, and they're That's all cool eating the next morning cokes. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. they've got they left. It's too late. Game's too late. Yeah, and they no, never we, come we, back. 
we like, we hire we actually pay to hire student workers. So they're they're like you know college kids or adults whatever. I have a guy though he's unbelievable. He works the sideline. He he's up and down. It's one guy and he loves it. Wears his cleats. Unbelievable. Anyway, all right, Chris, I'm shooting this one to you. How about in the college game back when you were in the college game? How did you feel about scheduling etiquette? In other words, I'll break it down a little more. You have a game on Thursday. We play on Sunday, and I don't play on Thursday. How do you feel about that, Chris? I don't control your schedule, Matt. You can schedule whoever you want, however you want. I can say to you if I want, look, you know, we're not going to play. If if you don't play a game on Thursday, I certainly can say that. But for me, I never paid much attention to it. Just coached my team. I didn't worry about what anybody else was doing. Um you know, I wasn't one of those people who was in everybody else's business and and that sort of thing. So I just coached my team and didn't worry about too much what what the other teams did. Bunch of crap, Brian. What do you think? <laughs> opinion, Matt. It's an opinion. Yeah, whatever. Um, I think this. I think you need to say it when you're scheduling the game and then write it in the contract. If Agreed. you don't bring it up, you schedule the team, then you've got no business complaining about it when it happens. And certainly, if you didn't put it in the contract then you've got no leg to stand on when the time comes. But yeah, and then, you know, but I do understand there are times when people lose a game. People are dropping games in yeah. August nowadays, certainly by the summer. And you lose a game and you can't fill it, then the other team's got to decide do they want to play on Sunday. I would say, I Matt, totally over the course of, uh, of the years, it all worked out. There were sometimes it was an advantage yeah. and sometimes where it was a disadvantage. I just totally disagree with it. I think that there should be some etiquette. It was always a disadvantage for you? It never was an advantage for you? No. I never played a team. Because I, I would tell them, listen, never. we're not playing. That's never we're happened. I don't think so. No. Come on, Matt. Jeez. I'm telling you. I didn't use that advantage. Anyway. Now I, I have to go on. back and look at all your schedules. You, you go. You, all do your opponents. you go right ahead and do that. <laughs> what were we thinking bringing him back in? Anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> this one, I'm going to shoot to you, Brian. Ooh. Give me, we're going to go off topic a little bit in, in the etiquette. Give me, what is your airplane etiquette? Where do you put your bag? You put I, it right over I, where you're sitting. You put it the first time you come in. Where do you put it? What's your etiquette? I, uh, I put it right above my seat. As I walk in, I directly above, maybe across, because it's easier to get out. Hmm. Is it, uh, is that because you're always in first class? Well, I'm, I I am normally there's let, always been space above me when I get on a plane. Let's I say you're in that. the back. Let's say you're in the back. You're getting on the plane. You're taking the first spot available. Robbie, this is for you. You're getting on the plane. Your seat's in the back like me, and we're back in coach. We're not up front with Brian and Chris. Um, <laughs> we put our bag in the first spot. Or you wait until you get all the way to the back. Put it above you. I, I've got. I, I wait till I get to it. I, I'm usually do. I try to do it three seats up on the right hand side. <laughs> Because I forgot, I think I forgot three bags last year and last summer during recruiting. As when you get this age and you just can't remember things, you know, I need to get something pink and furry. It hangs off my bag and just hangs down as it goes. So it or or things. But I think I walked out three different times recruiting. And then I get outside, I'm like, oh, and I had to turn around. They won't let me on. I think the guy with the machine gun comes, stops me from, from getting back on the freaking plane. And you know, it's a disaster. It's an absolute uh, disaster. But I try to so, strategically put my bag so I, so I can three, remember. Three, 
three spots up. That's three good. Spots right. up on the right hand side. I, it's something about the left hand side. I think I left them every time on that. So. That's, That's great. All right, back to soccer. A little debate here, okay? And uh, we'll have uh, we'll have you start with this one, Robbie. Tell me, we're going to discuss direct play versus possession play, okay? So, Robbie, explain to me, in your opinion, when you hear the announcers or you hear other coaches or other teams say, oh, this team's direct, what does that mean? It means it means they're going to kick it. They're just going to kick it straight down the middle of the field. And as the announcers say, they're going to boot it. Uh, most of the time when they're explaining that, that they're going to boot it straight down the middle of the field, which is my favorite term for announcers when they start playing, uh, when they announce it that way. So they're going to try to get it forward as quickly as they can, and let's do it again. You know, we have some famous, you know, but again, it's it's everybody's choice. It's everybody's style. What time. I just think, it, you know, for, for me, I don't understand why – Direct play, every, it seems to have a negative tone in our in our sport a little bit um, for a lot of people. People want to say their possession. Everybody wants to say their possession and, and until somebody comes and defends them and stands in there and gets in their grill. And then they're not possession at that point. Now they become direct too. So With the pressure, yeah. Chris, pressure for sure. explain to me what is a possession-style team. Well – I mean, I think it's a team that values keeping the ball. Um, you know, that's number one is keeping the ball and and trying to break a team down through moving the ball and and passing the ball. But I will say, um, I think there's a difference between there are teams that have a direct style of play and they have a purpose to how they do it. And sure. and I think those teams, I don't I don't have any anything against those teams. I I think that that's a tactic that you use and you get to choose your tactics. I do have, you know, I do have, I don't enjoy the teams that just kick it. Right. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's a little, a little bit different, but you know, the, the possession teams are moving the ball. Um, they don't necessarily have to play out, you know, out of a goal kick and, and things like that. I mean, I think that's maybe one of the, the fallacies that if you're a quote possession team, that means that you pass the ball out from the goalkeeper you pass it 47 times before you score. That's not necessarily a, a possession team. For me, a possession team is a team that their thought is we move the ball in order to break down the opponent's uh, defense. So I, I would say, Brian, I'm going to get to you here in a second, but I would say you can be a direct style team that wants to play, play and pass in their own attacking third right so in other words you're direct because you're trying to get the ball from the back to the front quickly but once you get to the front now you're trying to possess the ball to break the team down or trying to serve balls or trying to connect passes trying to combination play to get in dangerous positions to try and score brian's ready go brian i can tell you're ready well i, I find this whole idea funny so the object is to win right yeah yeah so if you have all the best players, we had the recruiting chat last week about the schools that get first choice of all the players, right? So, you know, certainly Florida State, recent vintage, North Carolina, Virginia, Duke, Stanford, Penn State. You want to know UCLA. So, Congratulations, Robbie. The most <laughs> you made the list. Teams right. in all of those leagues, and the ACC has three or four, they are UNC, Virginia, Florida State, 
Duke, Stanford, UCLA, and Penn State. The If you have the best players, you can be a possession build-out team without flaw until you play one of those other teams that is slightly better than you and coaching comes into effect. It's like the old thing with UCLA. How many national championships could UCLA have won? They, they could be direct. They could be possession-oriented. They could take the ball and tell the kids for a decade, you have to juggle it across midfield before we get in the attack zone and then put it on the floor. You could do whatever you want, but when you're significantly the more talented team who's technical and faster than the other teams, then knock yourself out. Be a possession-oriented team. But Colby Hale at Arkansas, you know, I'm not offending Colby by saying this. He, sure, they're direct within reason to get it in the other team's end. He doesn't have any of those players, and he's in the top eight most years as it stands. He's kind of peaking for what you can do. And you ain't doing that, splitting the center backs and trying to pass it 72 times. See you at University of Florida 2020 vintage, unless you have all the best players. Okay. Very nicely said. Wrapped up in a bow, I would say. Oh, well, yeah, point. I have one more thing. Let me add this. Yeah. To the coaches, when you play Oklahoma State and they bait you in and then counterattack, that's not direct either. That is a tactic. They're baiting you in. And when you lose the game to Oklahoma State, like 80 teams have in the last eight years, it's not because they didn't want you to do that. I know you outshot them 15 to eight. Well, they walked into 1v1s and you had the ball in their end until you turned it over and off they go. Nobody wins more one nil games in Oklahoma State. Yeah, uh, I put I put South Carolina in that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with. But but yeah. both of those are teams that I mean they thrive on not having the possession. They don't want right. possession. They want the they, ball. Right. They, they won't transition. They won't. They want to get into transition as quickly as they possibly can. So they, I think that's another category. We need to add a third category from direct possession to not wanting possession either. So yeah. uh, they have their own and, category. And, no, I they're better add, without the ball. I want to add this, and, and Brian's going to kill me when I say this, but I believe this. If you're a team that tries to keep the ball, your team will get better as the year goes on because you're passing the ball, you're receiving the ball, you're moving the ball, and you'll improve as the year goes on. Yeah. If you're a team that ch just kicks the ball, you're not getting any better because how much better can you get at kicking it, right? I mean, it's, it's the same all the way through. So if – you have an idea that you're trying to build something in your team and you're looking at a long-term plan and you're just not trying to win the game today, which isn't college soccer, by the way. Um, yep. the, the ability to pass the ball will help you improve over time. I totally agree with that. And I also agree with Robbie's piece on transition teams um, as well. I think there's a major, major difference between those two things. I, I, would, I would just argue, Chris, that there's a big difference between kicking the ball and kicking the ball with a purpose. In other words, hitting longer passes. I agree. Right? I mean, you can, you can do that with, a, there, there's, you know, there's, there's rec soccer that you're just kicking it and kicking it and kicking it. There's other ways is you're looking to look, look longer to get the ball in third. Anyway. Okay. We got to keep moving. All right. Very good. Very good. All of that. Excellent guys. All right. We're going to play our favorite game, or at least my favorite game. One of my favorite games called deal or no deal. So, Brian, Robbie, Chris, when I ask you this question, you have to answer deal or no deal. And you can just leave it at that, or you can explain yourself, or, or we can have a discussion on different topics. 
So what we've done, what I've done is I've taken the power nine teams and everybody is playing conference play right now. So I've taken the power nine teams and I've taken the top team and then the three or four teams or two or three teams right behind them in where they currently sit today. Okay. Points or, or wins or whatever. And so the game is, I'm going to give you the top team and I'm going to say, the question is, will that team get that conference at large bid, whether they're in conference tournament, whether it's the team that wins the league, however that is, will they get the automatic bid for that conference? Okay. And you can say, dealing with it. I'm going to show your choices, either that team or these other teams that I list behind it. Okay. But you understand how it works, Robbie? You look confused. Here we, go with right. Here we go with Matt and his stupid little games. Okay. Right. Here we go. The <laughs> so first one is interesting. In over here. Yeah, okay, I know. I felt that earlier about your pink uh, pink stuff, fuzzy stuff on your bag. All right, here we go. The Big Ten. <laughs> the Big, Big Ten. Ten. Deal yep. or no deal, Penn State will win their automatic bid as opposed to Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State. Let's go, Brian. You got it first. Were you taking deal or no deal on Penn State? Deal. I'll take Penn State against the field. Okay. Robbie? Uh, yes, deal. Sorry, deal. <laughs> I, know, I know how you don't want us to say anything else, but deal or no deal. I'm sorry. I'm you can argue up. for another team if you don't want to. Okay. I know. Uh, deal. I guess, okay. Uh, I'm not allowed to say anything else. I know. So just, no, we no, you can else. say other things. You just can't answer it a different way. It's that's got to be the answer. You can have an opinion. I can answer any way I want to answer it. Okay. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Amen. All right. Let's do this one. The Big East. Yeah. Georgetown. Deal or no deal. Will win the automatic bid as opposed to the next three teams in line: UConn, Xavier, or Providence. Matt, this is falling on on its face. No, okay. I got some good ones coming, don't you? I worry. hope so, because these have sucked so yeah, far. Yeah, I've, I've started <laughs> with the good ones. I started with the easy ones. Deal. Go ahead. Deal. Ryan? Deal. Robbie? I'm sorry, my buddy, uh, Dave. No deal. Oh, no deal. I'm See? Sorry, See? What do you got? Who you got? You got something else you want to say? Or no, you're just going to say with no deal? I, you count I, Xavier Providence? Uh, I'm going to take the field. I'm going to take the field. I've had too many okay. conversations with Dave. So we'll oh. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Big 12. First place right now, 5-0 and Texas Tech. Will win the automatic qualifier. Three teams behind him are TCU, UCF, BYU. Deal or no deal, Texas Tech gets the automatic qualifier out of the Big 12. I'll go first. Chris? All right, Brian, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say no deal. I actually like their chances to win the regular season, given the way things have broken so far. I think they are very, very good. However, uh, they're not good enough to win the double in the Big 12. I, you know, BYU is quite good. TCU is coming around. And Texas is as talented as anybody in the country. Okay. Chris? Uh, that's a no deal. I, I... I love BYU. Uh, I love BYU. I, and, and I know they've had, had some bumps along the road, but uh, I just think they're too good. All right. Robbie? No deal. 
Okay. See, Chris, game's getting a little better, isn't it? <laughs> Talking about my games. All right, here we go. This is a good one. I like this one. Pac-12. Stanford is the current leader. Deal or no deal, Stanford will win. The three teams behind them are a little team called UCLA, USC, and Washington State. And remember, they don't have a tournament. So deal or no deal, Stanford wins the automatic qualifier. Robbie, you go first. Um, I will say deal because I have I still have those tracks from Stanford running over me <laughs> on my back. I still have those those tracks are still there. So I, I have to stay Stanford. Okay. Chris? I, I say no deal. Again, like UCLA, I think I've I've watched both uh a couple of times and um including Stanford against Duke. And so uh, I, I just think UCLA has way too much. Uh, I, I think UCLA wins that. Okay. Brian? I, in Marguerite, we trust. There's a new we sheriff out west, <laughs> and her name is Marguerite. I'm, yeah, no deal. <laughs> All right. Love it. All right. SEC. Arkansas currently the leader at 4-0. The three teams right behind them, South Carolina, Georgia, Texas A&M currently. Does Arkansas finally do the double and win at the beach, or do they not get the automatic qualifier? Brian. Uh, history would say to play their playing style, it's really hard to win three in a week. If, if, if you could play that way and that was easy enough, um, you could do it. I like Alabama at the beach, to be honest. To Chris's point earlier, they're going to get better and better. They pass the ball quite well. Um, and I like AM, even in the regular season, is a little bit of a dark horse just because of schedule. Um, but I think Arkansas wins the regular season and somebody else wins the tournament and it's pretty wide open below them. Okay. Robbie? I'm going to say deal. And I'm, I'm going to say, Brian, you're correct. History does. History does say that's not going to happen. Um, but I think this is a different Arkansas team. And I think the one thing they were – one thing you've got to admire them about, I think has built them, was their non-conference schedule. They took on all comers, wherever, home, away, anybody. I think they played three ACC teams, and they may have all been on the road. And I just think they're the best team in that league, and they'll win the double. All right. Chris? I'm going to say deal and and uh, struggle with it just a little bit because I do agree with Brian that it is very hard to play the, the way that they play and win three games in a row. But um, I just think if they get into the final at the beach, you don't think that Colby's going to have those kids so lathered up that they will run through a brick wall, you know, and, and, and they, you know, I don't know. How many years in a row have they lost in that game? Well, they didn't play it last year, but before that was like five, Brian, six. I don't know. It was a bunch. It was yeah. more than that. We beat them in 2018, and I think the next couple of years they went back and lost again. It was six or yeah. seven straight finals. Wow. They, they, are, they are dying to win that game and, sure. uh, and, and to win that tournament. And, you know, when you spend all year focused on, you know, hey, we're going to – we need to win that tournament, win that tournament, win that tournament. You think about it every day and – I, I just think they – and they're better than everybody else. So I, yeah. I, I mean, that was the point I was going to make. It, you know, 
mind you, I don't know much about the SEC. I'm not in that league. I'm, I'm in a different oh, league. Cool. I'm in the Big 12. don't know if you know that. I don't know much <laughs> what's going on over there. But if from an outsider looking in, Arkansas looks pretty dominant in, uh, in compared to the rest. All right. Let's keep going. WCC. Yeah. Kind of an easy one. Santa Clara. Doesn't they don't play a tournament right? Gonzaga, Portland, Pepperdine are the three behind them. Deal, no deal. Santa Clara is their automatic qualifier from the WCC. Brian, go ahead. You know, I they haven't played Gonzaga yet. They did get by Pepperdine, but that's really a two-team league this year. And let's not forget they drew Cal Poly, they drew Cal, they lost three 0 to San Francisco. Okay. I I I am gonna say no deal, and I'm gonna get on the Gonzaga train and say Gonzaga nips them. All right, love it. This is this this game has been wonderful. I don't know what your problem was, Chris. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Deal or no deal? This game, this game sucks. This game sucks. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Deal. I I I just I think they're better. Again, I think they're better than everybody else. Robbie. Um, I'm gonna go with Brian because I was on that Gonzaga train and still on it too. I, I think they're very good, and I think that so it's a no deal for me. I will say this: I I played Gonzaga. I thought they were fantastic. I really did. But Jerry Smith at the end of seasons usually has them rolling. For so sure. be careful uh, for that. They All get right, better as the year goes on. They always they get absolutely do. It goes on. Couple couple more. Uh, Ivy. Brown is the current leader in the Ivy. Dartmouth, Harvard, Yale sits behind them. Will Brown get the automatic qualifier for this year's Ivy League teams? Chris, you can start. Somebody help me. Has Brown played Harvard? No. They've only played one oh, game yeah. so far, I think. It's- Brown, Brown is 2-0. and They beat Harvard 2-0 and Princeton 2-1. Oh, I'm sorry. That stupid thing was updated, didn't I'm going, yeah, I'm Dar- Dartmouth is leading the Ivies. Dar- yeah, Dartmouth. That's right. Dar- I think they tied with, Brown. Tied with Brown. Brown. Dartmouth is tied with with Dartmouth. Isn't Dartmouth tied with Brown? No. Uh, yeah, two and zero. Oh. They're two and zero. Oh. Both of them are tied. They're okay. two and zero. Oh. Dartmouth is seven zero oh and three, and they've beaten one top one hundred team, which was Yale. Uh, and and they have and they have Harvard on Wednesday, so. Yeah, they got Harvard, oh, we got. Princeton, and Brown to play. Four of their last five. All right. Robbie, deal or no deal? Brown. <laughs> um, deal on Brown. Okay. Brian? Uh, deal, but you may not realize this. The Ivy has five top 50 teams. A week That's or two ago, we are talking yeah. one or two bids. Yeah. That's looking a lot more like three or four right now. I think Columbia is pretty good too. Yeah, Columbia is like twenty-two in yeah. the RPI. Yeah. Twenty-two. All right, Brian, you can't talk on this one. This is your league. AAC. Memphis is the front runner currently. Sitting behind them is ECU, North Texas, and a little team we like to call SMU. Does anybody knock off Memphis from doing the double and stealing the bid out of the AAC? Chris? Um, no, Memphis wins. What's that mean? Deal. Memphis wins. Yeah. Use, unless, play the game right. Unless Robbie goes to Memphis and gives the whole team COVID during the tournament. <laughs> Churchy? 
yeah, deal. Uh, there's too many goals in that Memphis team. Yeah. They just keep scoring goals and goals and goals. So too many goals in that team. Uh, we right. play Memphis this week. Matt, I will chime in on this. Okay. Feel, feel uh, free. They're really, really good. I think Memphis arguably is the runner-up in the SEC and the runner-up in the Big Ten. Wow. Ooh. Strong yeah, strong words as he plays in this week. All right. Here we yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> ACC. Robbie, you got to excuse yourself from this one, please. It's like on college game day when Kirk Kerbstreet doesn't pick the game that he's calling. The same kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. ACC. ACC. FSU. There's a bunch of them tied at the top, but I went with FSU because it's my game. FSU yeah. will win the conference tournament. North Carolina, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Duke just behind them. Duke might not be, but I put it in there because it's my boy, Robbie. <laughs> but I, I like no your deal. standings better than real standings, believe me. <laughs> yeah. Deal or no deal. Ryan, FSU wins the tournament, and I believe they won it last year. No deal. North Carolina in the end. It, those it, To me, those are two best teams in the ACC right now. North Carolina is going to get one of those two and yep. probably the tournament. Yep. Okay. Chris? Tough one. Um, I really like Florida State and and this freshman Dudley, I think Robbie, that's her name. Dudley, Jordan Dudley. She is Dudley. really good, really, she, really good. If she would like to be a pro next year, I could uh, I could make that happen for her. That would, now that we would, know I came on. Now we know I came on. He's that, no, no, she is out. She's a woman. She's just stepped into this league and has just dominated. What, scored two goals against Carolina? Yes, yeah, so, so goals, good. I think, against, how about that? First time you step out and play in Chapel Hill and you score two goals as a freshman? That you're something special there. But. So, Chris? But, but I just think there's uh, – Florida State is a little bit flawed, not a lot, but a little bit flawed. And there's too many others in the league – that could that could knock them off. Uh, there's too many good teams that could knock them off. So if you're giving me, you know, Florida State or the field, I'll take the field. Okay. All right. So we're going to move on to now some more uh, non-top, different different types of top, different type of questions for deal or no deal. A few more. Deal or no deal, the argument turf or natural grass is overrated. Ooh. No, no deal because the turfs aren't all similar. I, I for some reason, Rice. Neither are the grass. Yeah, <laughs> right. Great point. But Rice has played five games on turf. We're really getting ready for this road trip to Temple, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and not one's been remotely close to each other, the surface. But I agree on the grass. That's a great point as well, Matt. Thank you. Robbie, but no deal. No deal. No argument, deal. natural, grass, turf, that argument is overrated. I think that's a deal. I think that's a deal. I, I think I think a number of years ago it was a no deal. Um, when, but now everybody, you know, there's a lot of turf fields. There's more turf fields, but it's mainly youth players all have played on turf. Most of them are growing up now, have played, have spent the majority of their time. And it doesn't matter if it's in sunny states like Florida or California. There's a ton of turf fields there or the northern states where it makes a lot of sense to have turf fields. So, so I say no deal. Chris, I know you train on it some. 
Deal or no deal. Well, I think you guys have those points, and I agree with with all of your points about players playing on it, turf being different, and and uh, I agree with all of your points, and I really would like to to support you on this, but my players would kill me if I said playing on grass and playing on turf were the same. Um, our players are strongly against playing on turf. Um, they do not want to play on turf. They feel like going from one surface to another surface and back to a different surface, um, they end up with a lot of soreness um, and they can feel the difference. So uh, I'm going to go, what's that mean? No deal? No deal. No deal. Okay. okay. Um, interesting. Um, you know, we played at Omaha. That was the nicest turf I've seen. And I was like, yeah, this isn't bad. That's really where the question came from. Okay, but we haven't been on much of it, obviously. Chris, how many in the how many in the NWSL have turf? Any? Oh yeah, Portland, maybe Portland, uh, Seattle. Those might be the only two. Okay. All right. Here's a good one. I like this question. I got. If Mark Kikorian took over any of the top forty teams in the Power Five, he would have them in the Final Four in less than four seasons. Deal. Or no deal. Robbie, go ahead. <laughs> I knew I was going to get that first. That's, that, is, that is a deal. He has four recruiting cycles to get them in the final four. No question. No, he will uh, He will have them in the final four. And so it's a deal. All right. Ryan? Are you trying to insult Mark four years? <laughs> <laughs> you should be getting a phone call from Mark tomorrow saying you're not friends anymore. You said you can take out the bottom 25 power fives and he gets any of the 40. The yeah. the better question would have been two years, especially <laughs> the age of the transfer portal. You have insulted Mark Krikorian. Mm. Get ready for the phone call. Just trying to make the game better, Brian. That's all. Chris? What did you say? Yeah. Any of the top 40 power fives? Is that what you said? Or top 40 RPI? Yeah. Top 40 power fives. First of all, it's a deal, but I would love to see Mark Krikorian at Mississippi State. <laughs> uh, 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 he said top oh, 40, Chris. Jen's doing a great job. That is a top 40 job. There is, there is, again, James is doing great. No, top 40 power five, not who's ranked wherever. Power top 40 power five. Yeah, they're in the power. Sure. Yeah, they're they in the sure. top 40 rankings. There's 25. Good I Lord. mean, I'd love to see Mark Krikorian at Oklahoma State and Stillwater, Oklahoma. I'd, I'd love to see. I'd love to see Mark in Pullman, Washington, at Washington. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cor let's keep Corvallis going. Is, Corvallis is more his speed. He can do it for a good day. Yeah. All right, here's a good one. Coach Prime will be in the SEC or Big Ten in three years or less. Deion yeah, no Sanders. Problem. Done. No problem. It'll take a lot less than three years. Done. For him to be in one of the power, one of those two pro leagues. Yeah. All right. Sure. Brian? I'm going to say no deal. You seen the number of recruits that are at these games with this guy and the celebrities at Colorado? I, I think if Colorado is going to really financially support a program, you can do it at Colorado. They've won a national championship, haven't they? Maybe 91, 89, somewhere yeah. in there. They shared it. The You've been there in the winter. Coach Prime does not look like a winter coat guy. No, no he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> All right, here we go. 
this year's Ryder Cup was disappointing because of the TV schedule. Deal or no deal? Chris? No deal. I watched it. I woke up. I watched it painfully. Watched how bad the Americans were. Uh, But I did watch it. Ryan? Um, yeah, no, it was a bore fest after we got swept opening day and it was like, here we go again in the Ryder Cup. Although they did make a nice run at the end. I, I didn't bother to pay attention. I was too busy watching Coach Prime. Yeah. Love it. Robbie? Same thing. The, Ryder Cup? the first day killed it. It was all at, at that point. Yeah. It, was, it was over at that point. You knew, you know, we did, we did make a comeback with it. I saw the little bit on the third day, but, um, I think the first day killed it. All right. By 2026, SEC will have over, over 18 teams. How many do they have now? Yep. 16. When, when Oklahoma and Texas joined this summer, 16. SEC. Okay. Yep. Florida State. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> do we have to name them? Do you want us to name no, them? You <laughs> can if you want. Who they will be? Over, over. 18. Over I, I, 18. I got four. I got three to four. I can tell yeah. you they live right down the road from here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robbie, if you can tell us number four, I'd be excited. Because yeah. I got three with you. And let's let's call it December. Sorry, yeah. yes, you. I, I but... think I think the third one has a buddy who lives in the state capital in North Carolina. It may follow right. them. Um okay. that may be a choice. Wow. Maybe the fourth wow. one. Wow. Wait, so who are you for? Robbie, go ahead. Clemson, Florida State, Carolina, and maybe NC State. Mm. Okay. Right. I got it. Wait, 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 Go ahead, Chris. You ready? Yeah, I I would say definitely, but I I was more along the line of uh, Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Yeah. And and someone else. With uh, North Carolina, Virginia, North. Yeah. I mean, I I think North Carolina's. the golden egg and all of this yeah. across the board, but I also thought people would want Stanford and shame on me. They're going to ACC for the, for cheaper than, you know, other teams are going to make, but I think it's North Carolina. I think Florida state is this short-term bump in football is really going to help them. And I um, also think Clemson's short-term decline in football. That's not a big market. Why would South right. Carolina on them in? There's no draw there other than they're winning national championships in football. And if you've seen them play lately, they don't look like they're going to win a national championship in football anytime soon. So Florida State's kind of the new Clemson. So I like Florida State, North Carolina. I'm super intrigued by Miami. And is that a worthwhile draw for the SEC? And, you know, and can NC State really ride North Carolina's coattails all the way into the SEC? Because that's it, it, it's not going to be – it's going to be 48 teams in the Big Ten and the SEC. That is still going to happen. It's going to look like the NFL – and that's that. What happened to your argument about retraction? That doesn't happen if there's if there's oh. retraction. Oh no, that's coming too, Matt. Don't worry. It's forty-eight teams <laughs> of forty. Okay. I mean, All right. It started with sixty-four. Of, it's going to forty. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. He'll go hey, on forever. There's All plenty right. of soccer coaches that should rent, not buy. If you're in a Power Five and you're not don't, not feeling good, you should call me. I'll tell you what to do. All <laughs> right. Um, which. This is now a question. This is not a deal or no deal. This is a question. Which one of these college football blue bloods is the most overrated? Notre Dame, Southern Cal, Texas. Oh, I don't know. Howie, go ahead. You got it. 
Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh-oh. <laughs> Notre Dame is overrated. We were within. Oh, you had so him. You we had, had the game. We had the had game. Him. A fourth and 16. Sam Hartman runs a fourth and 16 and scores a touchdown. Maybe we don't do the quick kick and give him the ball back. You can say that. Uh, but we played great. Um, but I just didn't. I didn't see it in Notre Dame. Uh, Ryan? Uh, that is a really tough one because up until maybe this year, I'd say Texas, and that's a slam dunk every year, any year you want. Uh, but right now, you gave me the choice of Notre Dame, Texas. What was the third school? Southern Cal. Uh, right now, it's Southern Cal. You know, you're not you're not winning national championship with that defense. I don't I don't care you know where you're from. So short term South Carolina, or sorry, short term Southern Cal. Long term, it's always been Texas, and probably by the time Lincoln's done out there in Southern Cal, the answer would be Notre Dame every year. Chris, taking well, two shots at your teams here, these guys. <laughs> Robbie, <laughs> for those people out the pod off that don't know Soccer Nation, that don't know Chris won a national championship, a longtime coach at Notre Dame, and then was a longtime coach in Texas. Just for those people that don't know Chris's background. So, Chris, go ahead. I'm, I'm not talking about the soccer program or the, history <laughs> of the soccer program. I'm talking about the football team. Yeah, no, no, question, team. no question. No question. This is directly to Robbie. Yeah. It comes off a real game against Ohio State. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then has to play Duke that. Most people at Notre Dame, Notre Dame didn't even know that was on the schedule. So <laughs> I got a feeling that they didn't quite get that excited about playing Duke. Okay. So I'm going to take Notre Dame out of the group. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Texas. I think uh, Texas is the Fair classic underachiever for yeah. many, many years, except for one year with Vince Young. Yeah. Uh, let me add one thing. In college athletics right now, you guys can agree or disagree. I think the most important thing is administration. And Del Conte is now the AD at Texas. And that guy's clearly one of the best ADs in the country, if not the best. So there's a chance. Easy. Gonna... Easy. Oh, Easy. sorry. <laughs> sorry, Mr. Oklahoma. <laughs> no, I like to hear about Josie. But the guy telling me all the opinions might be a little biased. The, uh, so maybe we're going to see a new Texas. It'd be fun. Hope not. Okay, here we go. Um, just two more, two more, and then we're going to move on. Uh, no, three more. Sorry. Jeez, Taylor Jesus. Swift and <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Oh my will God! Still really? be dating during the College Cup. No. no. Can we go on this? No go on. Fourth one. Go no on. Deal. No. No. <laughs> no. You all day. We're trying to stay hip with the kids, guys. Come on. All right. We can move on. All right, here we go. Last two. By 2025, Robbie will be selling T-shirts at camps labeled Robbie's Big Games. I don't think I get it. What? Uh, you don't listen to the pod, Chris. That's why. <laughs> we have a segment called Robbie's Big Games. Actually, Brian, I want to rename it. What can we name it? Like Governor's Games? What can we – we need a name for Robbie's Big Games. Put it out Put it out to all your subscribers and let them – We could. That's true. We put it on the poll. Put it on the poll. Put it on the poll. Darren, put it on the poll. What do we yep. want to name Robbie's uh, Robbie's Big Games? All right. Last one. <laughs> By 2025, Ryan will actually learn how to use his iPhone, iPad, 
MacBook Pro, and Zoom without issues. No way. No, no deal. I'm, I'm doing that. No friggin' deal. He can't do it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that, that is no, no deal. <laughs> All right. Let's go. It's that time everybody loves. Robbie's big games. Oh. Um, but let me say this. Uh, do we want to rename it? We need to come up with a name. The mayor's picks. What, what, what do we call it? We gotta, are we just keeping it as Robbie's big games? You know what I call it? When I but. go refill my drink. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Brian. I may, I may use the restroom. So if I'm quiet for a few minutes, that's why I'm in the restroom. I have many games, so you can get many drinks during this time. Probably, I'm going to hang in for you. I'm there for you, buddy. Uh, that's Thank nice, Chris. Wait till you hear these babies. Okay, right, let's. Go for it, here we go. Let's go. Yeah. We start on Wednesday. We start in the Ivy League. We talked about this one. So your undefeated Dartmouth is traveling to Harvard. And again, as you said, ten games in. Can you believe Dartmouth is seven zero and three? We'll be traveling to Harvard. WCC. Gonzaga, who we discussed, the great detail here, will be going to Portland, playing for first place in, in that league. The, the, the MAC, uh, the, well, sorry, the MAAC, here we go. Fairfield is going to Quinnipiac, and they're both of them are 3-0 and in the conference, too. Where did everybody go? Only Chris, thanks, Chris, <laughs> for staying. So we go into Thursday. Coach Prime's college is hosting Stanford. So Colorado, two and one, is hosting Stanford, three and zero in the conference. Um, at staying on Thursday, Georgia. How about this one? Georgia going to Arkansas, four and zero. Arkansas hosting two one and one. Georgia in the ACC. Virginia. Virginia's gone four games without a win yet. Has to get on site. Virginia is traveling Clemson at two and one. Big Twelve. You called it. This is a game you love, Chris. Texas Tech travels to BYU. Yeah, oh, that's a big mark one. that mark that one down for Thursday. Duke goes to Pittsburgh. A big game for Duke. Anyway, <laughs> Big East, Big East. We talked about this earlier. My buddy Dave Nolan travels to Xavier to to play oh. Thursday night. There's there's a big game. Big Ten, Northwestern. Goes travels to Wisconsin. Northwestern needs a win to keep their hopes alive. Um, SEC, I, I, I didn't know this. Kentucky, eleven games in, undefeated. Kentucky yeah. rolling. Kentucky rolling. But one zero and three in the conference travels to Tennessee. One of those teams will be eliminated in conference play after that. After that game for a champion. Summit League. Everybody wanted to know the Summit League. South Dakota State. Is traveling to Denver for first place in the Summit League. Uh, going Big 12, you've already talked about Texas, go, travels to 4 and 1 in the Big 12 UCF. Mountain West, all, all kinds of calls in Texas. One of Mountain West scores, Boise State. <laughs> Boise State at 3 0 1, travels to San Diego State, 3 0 1, too. CAA, <laughs> Townsend, 6 0 1 in the conference. Travels to Mammoth, 5-0-1. Sign. Where do we get tickets for that? Sign us up right away at this point. MVC, Drake. Drake travels to Miss, to Missouri State in a big game. And then the last one on Thursday is the picker travels to Brian Lee's. Oh, God. The playing Furman there, too. <laughs> That was okay. fantastic. Hey, we're not, we're not done. Oh, we're, not we're, done. We're, we're, we're only on Saturday. Don't cut me off yet. Oh, we gotta, sorry. We got to keep going. Saturday game, Michigan, Michigan State. 
game. Michigan State travels to Michigan. Uh, C Conference USA big game. Liberty eleven and one. Liberty tr travels to uh, two zero and one conference. FIU. Now, what a turnaround they've had. All seriousness, what a turnaround FIU yep. has had too. Yeah. Iowa eight one and three travels to Nebraska. Eight two and three. Big South. Big South is Radford travels to. USC Upstate, two undefeated teams. So that's your Saturday uh, slate. Sunday games, last day of the week, Sunday games. Thank God. North Carolina, <laughs> we're going to add another day for the week. For North, <laughs> North Carolina travels to Duke. Uh, Ohio, Ohio State travels to Penn. We got to keep moving, guys. Let's go. Ohio State travels to Penn State. Ohio, uh, Penn State, 4-0-1. Ohio State, 3-1-1. Big battle. Texas Tech, what a week Texas Tech has. TCU, 4-0-1, travels to 5-0-0. Texas Tech. Will Texas Tech be 6-0 at, at, at that time? ACC, Wake Forest, who's playing really good, really good soccer at this point, travels to Pittsburgh. Um, Pac-12, California. We haven't talked about California much. Undefeated still in the Pac-12. Uh, they travel. They play at Colorado in the Big 12. Uh, Big East games. Xavier, which is played Georgetown, has a big week. Xavier travels to Connecticut. Connecticut's another team we haven't talked much about, who's also undefeated in their league. Atlantic Sun, always a, always by the top two teams. Lipscomb travels to our buddy. Jim Blankenship. I haven't spoken his oh, name in a while. Yeah. Hey, Jim. Yeah. I'm well. Good luck. <laughs> Travels there on, on Sunday. Yeah. Lamar in the Southlands Conference. Lamar, 4-0. Travels to McNeese State, 3-0-1. Should be a big one. Should be a big one. CAA, Northeastern at 3-1-3 in conference. Travels to the lead-leading Mammoth, 5-0-1. Two, game, two games left. Here we go. Sun Belt. Sun Belt. James Madison, 3-0-1, travels in-state, across state to ODU. You know, that will be a really good game. Yeah. Watch that game, everybody. That's gonna. That's a very good game to play. And then we will finish up in the Horizon League. Uh, Wright State, 3-1, will play Wisconsin-Milwaukee, 4-0-0. That are the big games of the week. I got to say, it, it is my first experience with Robbie's big games. And in my life, and I've been a college soccer, I don't know, 40 years or some stupid number, right? Yep. I have never heard a list of big games. That included Duke and North Carolina, as well as Fairfield and Quinnipiac. Right. Yes. I've heard this like that before. We, you you said they're big games. They are big games to these teams. If you told me, if you told me I, I had a restriction, I only could give these Power Five big games. No, no, no. We're all in the games. That's right. I couldn't agree with But hey, okay. real quick, real quick. I missed it. Where is that Fairfield Quinnipiac game at? Who's hosting? Hold on. Let me get <laughs> Hold on. I don't have that. Oh, here we go. Uh, I do. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Okay. Where is the heck? Where in the heck is that? Pennsylvania. That, that, that's Pennsylvania. Okay. Well, you know, I think Fairfield's going to have a real tough time breaking down Quinnipiac's four four two. No, no, no. Fairfield's very direct. Fairfield's very direct. Oh, they're direct, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Good job, Rob. That was no, no. interesting. You know, I stopped listening at Maction 
And then Chris brought up the match in action, Quinnipiac. <laughs> and then Matt brought it up as well. Well, yeah, well hey, so keep it going. We're all encompassing. That is the maybe a favorite segment, other yeah. than deal or no deal in the beginning part and then the end part. Okay. All right, let's go. Uh, the theme music. I'll give you. <laughs> we need music. Darren, get us some music or a graphic. Oh, we can't have graphic. It's on podcast. We need theme music for the uh, the Robbie's Big Games. Whew, that was good. All right, we're going to go. Um, we are going to go into upsets of the week, right? Yeah. Brian, you want to start with yours? Oh, yeah, I'd love to go first. All right, I'm yeah. going to say a list of about seven or eight. I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. Yeah, she only go one, and then we'll come back around so uh, everybody gets their chance. I am, like, only, I am only going to go one. I'm going to okay. go with Florida at LSU 4-0. That is Florida's biggest RPI win. LSU was 49 coming into the game since 2019. Oh. It's been a long wow. time. So good yeah. for Florida. Yeah. And first win in two years, seven hundred and five days. Between first SEC win in and SEC wins, wow. seven hundred and five days. Yep. Wow. All right. I know. I'm going to steal the next one. Then I'm going to go with the Kentucky win over Bama, two one. Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky's first win in two wins. Oh, oh, nine and five they were going into that. So Kentucky is my upset game of the week over at that point number five. I think RPI. This in Kentucky's, I think they're the 30 now. They're looking like a, a legitimate chance to make the NCAA tournament. They're doing great. Uh, the ghosts of John Lipsitz are coming alive seven years later. <laughs> All right, Chris. Can, can, a, can a tie be an upset? Yes. I'm going to go Cincinnati at BYU. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. Have you guys played at BYU? Have, have any of you guys played? Oh, yeah. Played there? That is the hardest yeah. place to play in the country. And and because this is what happens. You go there, you fly in, everybody's nice as they can be at the airport, in the hotel. You get to the campus. Everybody, they are such nice people. Uh, before the game, you go over, you talk to Jen and her staff. They are wonderful, wonderful people. She, she may be the nicest coach in college soccer. True. Then you play the game and they absolutely kick the crap out of you. <laughs> then the game ends and they're real nice to you again. You get, to meet, you get to meet the players' kids. It's great. <laughs> it is. It, it is a hard, hard place husbands. to play. In Cincinnati Laurel. going there and getting getting a, a draw uh, against again. I told you, I I really really like this this BYU team. I think it's a a wonderful result. It it could be the upset of the year. I yeah. I tell you what, that's Erica Demers. Matt, you may remember me last year. I'm on mm -hmm. Erica. He's a really really good coach. The new coach at Cincinnati via UAB. They were always very, very hard to break down. Super organized. It's great. We yeah. play them Sunday. Can't wait. They had no interest in attacking in that game, I can tell you from watching it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Robbie. Well, you guys took my top three. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But, you know, I always have a couple games hidden hidden here. And, I, and here's, here's my upset of the week. New Mexico State. Yeah. Mm -hmm. None of, I don't, I'm not sure if any of you had that on your list. New, I did. New Mexico State 2, Liberty 1, an undefeated, also nationally ranked. I think they snuck in there at 25th, maybe in top drawer. Maybe, oh, okay, maybe. Very high, very top 40 RPI um, yep. the week before. 
So, you know, New Mexico State were two games above 500, ended up winning that game. So wow. hats off to, is it the Aggies of New Mexico yes. State? It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Churchy, you get to go first then with your team of the week. Oh, my, we've already talked about my team of the week earlier this time. But my team of the week is Dartmouth Big Green, okay? Sitting on top of the Ivy League right now, they're 2-0. Oh. Um, two wins last two wins last week. They're seven zero oh, and three. Uh, we don't need to mention their wins in the top hundred, as Brian mentioned <laughs> earlier. We can we can leave those out. But <laughs> top of that, but and also opens up the week with the first of the big games of the week playing Harvard. So yeah, it's gonna be my team of the week. Next I like week. how you can I like how you can Harvard. really wrap that in with your games of the week. First Thank game you. of the week is the week. You know, again, College Soccer Nation appreciates your research. All right, let's go back around. Chris, your turn. Team of the week. I'm going with Ohio State. Uh, oh. In over Indiana and Illinois, both yeah. top yeah. 30, 35 RPI teams. Yeah. Uh, that moves them into the top 30. I think they're 7, 3, and 2 right now. And maybe not a lock, but pretty close to a lock to, to be in a, an NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go um I'm going to go and then uh, with uh, a little team called Texas Tech. I'm going to tell you why. They beat Texas not this week, the week before in the one second overtime not overtime but last second thriller. But you think about a lot of us, right? Thought okay, they're going to lose the next game. Too excited, too hyped up, dog pile the whole bit. Then they went out and beat Baylor. Then they went out and beat Oklahoma. And they went out and beat Cincinnati. So won three on the trot right after that and rolling in the in the Big 12 right now. So Texas Tech is my team of the week. They are rolling. Good call. Yeah. Brian? All right. I, I know you guys like off the radar, and we are okay we with draws, giving you some attention. I am going with 7-2-3, and three, UL Monroe. Anybody ever been to Monroe, Louisiana? Drove through it. Uh, Drove they, through it. That is, that's, the, that's the best way to see Monroe, Louisiana. <laughs> through it or flying over it. They just tied 9-0-3, 39 RPI South Alabama in a conference game. That is, we're talking UL Monroe, who historically, until last year, three wins, three wins, 0-17, three wins the four oh, years man. before that. They are playing with absolutely no budget, limited resources in every way, shape, or form. And South Alabama is playing with the best resources of a mid-major, certainly in the Sun Belt. And 1-1 one, one draw, and, un, and right now 7-2-3. and three. Uh, My team of the week is UL Monroe. I think they're the Skyhawks, maybe, Robbie? Yeah, I think they are the Skyhawks. Um, Chris? You know, again, this is on Zoom, so people can't see. But what do you think of Brian's new haircut? Do I know you haven't seen him in a while? He's kind of growing out. He's got a growing. He's got a growing out. Got a growing out. Oh, he's got a growing out. You can see all the hair out behind it. So he's got like, oh, yeah. he's got like a mullet going. Uh, okay. I'm a little hip now these days. Yeah, we got to keep moving. This is a good long one. Um, all right, we're gonna finish up. Finish up. Chris wanted to bring a segment in, and we're gonna call it. Was it tips from a friend? Advice. Advice from a friend. Advice from a friend. Advice from a friend. So here's some advice for us. Yes. So, uh, yeah, here we go. We're I don't know what's coming. With, I just what he told me he was going to do. We're going to start with my friend Brian and the Rice Owls. Oh, God. So, Brian has done a fantastic job at Rice. He went went to Rice and has had 
a number of, of good teams um, and good years, but this year has been difficult. And so as I've, as I've watched his team and, and looked at his team, my advice to him is, can you just give up two goals a game? <laughs> Whenever you give up just two a game, you have a chance to win. Anytime you give up more than two, you're, you, you don't win at all. So can you just give up two? No. In current, current, current form would say no. And the <laughs> argument about possession versus direct, we keep coming up against these possession teams. And for some reason, they're banging it direct in our end. Verticality, <laughs> holy cow! The wait a second on tape, you guys are building possession, possession. When you play us, it's sixty yards straight. <laughs> so yeah. your advice for Brian, just to be clear on this, in college secondary, advice from a friend is just give up two goals. Just give up two goals a game. Yeah. Okay. Give up two goals That's a game. Nice I'm, not That's nice for, I'm not asking for shutouts. I'm not asking for shutouts. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just two. Two goals a game. I'll take Rice to upset Memphis and uh, never mind everybody's thing in the conference tournament final. If we can get it to two goals a game, that'd be great. All right, Chris. All right. Um, for Robbie, who has been such a pillar of excellence at Duke over many, many years, and there's no there's no one who says a bad word about, about Robbie Church um, and his team's over the years have been fantastic teams. The last few weeks have been a little rough for him. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, the results, the COVID, uh, all of the things that, that have come into it. So for Robbie, it's um, just stay above 500, Robbie. That's it. Just stay above 500. So I'm looking at Robbie's group, five, three, and two, six games left. But I looked at the RPIs of the teams that they have left. 32, 2, 15, 43, 3, and 156. Just go 3 and 3. Just go 3 and 3, Robbie. I'm not, again, I'm not asking for too much. I'm not asking for too much. Just go 3 and 3. First, Given those RPIs, that doesn't sound that easy. Well, no, no. First, look, Robbie, it's 3 and 3 and get ready to play Elon in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Yeah. First of all, thanks for the advice. Um, second, um, it's going to be a long night drinking out there here, listening to those RPIs <laughs> that you just rattled. You just rattled off. I tried not can, to look at, it, but but you it's, it's hey, those it's it's a great opportunity. It's an opportunity of these last six games, okay? And starting at Pittsburgh, it's a great opportunity for us. That's how we're looking at it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Chris, is that it? We can wrap it no, up. Oh, I got advice for Matt. Oh, <laughs> good, 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 good. Uh, I got advice for Matt, and I got it. And then I, at the end, I got advice for everyone. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Uh, advice for Matt, who we've watched him grow, you know, and and come through the ranks and move his way up, and now we, you can see he's he's uh, excited about being at at Oklahoma. He's sounds like uh, a bad joke. No, 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 not at all. Uh, by the way, you look good on the sideline, Matt. Yeah, you know, when I'm watching, looking on the sideline, I'm thinking, man, Matt looks good. So, uh, but but my advice for you, Matt, is hire a set piece coach. Jesus, watching the <laughs> set pieces, right? the, the corners. First of all, your team when it takes a corner, they bring rain. The ball goes so high, falls right on top of the goalkeeper. You're warming up the goalkeeper. Okay. Second, when your team gets a set piece outside the 18 you know, 20 yards out, they kicked the ball to Oklahoma City. You think we could get the thing on goal at some point? <laughs> Lastly, I'm so tired, so tired of watching your team hang in there, hang in there, hang in there, and give up a goal on the corner at the end. So please, 
just do this. Go hire a set piece coach. Done. Like okay. it. I couldn't agree with you more. All yeah. right. Last one is advice for everyone in college soccer. This is for every coach in college soccer. Watching the games, watching the way that goals are given up. Tell your goalkeeper to stay on the line. I mean, how many goals have we watched? These long free kicks from 60 yards out that these goalkeepers are flying off the line. They can't control their six, and they're out at the 12 trying to get the ball. If they just stand on the line, the ball will end up in their hands. So please just tell your goalkeeper to stay on the line. The midfield break by goalkeeper scoring is setting an all-time high this year. All-time record. Oh, it is. It's, and some of them are going in, just stand on your line and chest it down. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they come charging out and it bounces on the line and goes in. Good. I mean, have, have you ever had a year, seriously, have you ever had a year when you've been more stressed when you give up a foul at midfield? <laughs> oh, God, is this coming in our box? If this is coming in our box, we're in trouble. Not me. It's, it's unbelievable. To Chris's early point, the verticality versus the right fouls. <laughs> please give up a midfield free kick. We can defend that. <laughs> All right. Anything else, boys? It's been fantastic. What a great, uh, great, a great addition to bring Chris in today. Bring him back halfway through. Sure. We'll try and get him again. Chris, who do who we got? Who you got? We Robbie didn't say your big games. That's kind of rude. Yeah, no, that's not a big game. <laughs> Doesn't fall into the category. Um, <laughs> we go to Kansas City on Saturday night. Kansas City. Well, good luck. Keep it rolling. Keep the dream alive. Uh, Robbie, good luck. I hope you feel better, buddy. And uh, fantastic job, as always. Brian, good luck against the Memphis uh, Memphis Tigers. I'm headed to West Virginia. Go see my good buddy, Nikki Izzo, and then off to Cincinnati. So some of us are continuing on our four weeks in a row with two games every weekend. It's just awesome. So uh, anyway. <laughs> College Soccer Nation, everybody out there, good luck with you playing. Appreciate you listening. College Soccer Nation is out.